waves on the water, rolling, rolling o'er the ocean. Wash on a shore, then drift away. So far away, high tide, dreams of tomorrow, waves on the shore. So far away, Captain cried, Oh, my brothers and sisters, I'm free. Lost our way. I said, "The mate, we're a long time drifting over waters so strange and far from our home. High tide, waves forgotten, dreams of a shore so far away." Dreams of tomorrow, waves on the shore, so far away. Good day. This is Orr, and, and we this are, is Tree Song. Oh yeah, <laughs> we are here live, kind of local. Yes, in your face, talking about things. <laughs> This morning we're going to talk about the fact that this show has been going on for since the summer of 1999. Yeah. This is your community spirit. Let's see. I guess I forgot the promo already. <laughs> yeah. But it's like <clears throat> we'll have to play the end of the world as we know it. That was our theme song when our show started because guess what? It was 1999 and it was Y2K. Yeah, Y2K was coming so we thought the world was going to end. And it was a rather uneventful New Year's, but but people still thought the world was going to end. It got them prepared for some other apocalyptic thinking they had to do. All right. We are again in apocalyptic thinking, but this time it seems much more realistic because it's nature. Yes. <laughs> um, in case you didn't notice, the weather has been going bipolar, and that is, um, what do you call it? Climate change. The climate is changing. The change has come. I was going to say, um, what is it called? The hot flashes, <laughs> menopause. Yeah, maybe Earth is, Earth is in menopause. Earth is in menopause. <laughs> this isn't a hot flash today, though. This is a cold flash. Yeah, but I mean, to go from you know negative degrees to almost 60 for two days and then go back down to you know 20 degrees, that's kind of chaotic. Yeah. All right. It's hard to maintain a lifestyle when that's going on. UN climate chief calls for fossil fuel divestment. Hmm. Take your money out of dirty energy and put it into clean energy. No, that's not 350.org talking. Not this time, at least. <laughs> that's from Christina Figueres, chief of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. On Wednesday, Figueres called on big firms 
I'm probably screwing up her name. I'm oh. sure. Yeah. That's how I am. I like screwing up. Um, Figueres, I would guess. Figueres. All right. Figueres called on big firms that manage trillions of dollars of investments to dump fossil fuel stocks in favor of greener alternatives, arguing that such a shift would help the firm's client as well as the climate. Hmm. I mean, that's the truth right now. Um, there's a lot of money in green stuff, right? There's green and green, and it helps the green. Hmm. Quote, the pensions, life insurance, and nest eggs of billions of ordinary people depend on the long-term security and stability of institutional investment funds, she said. Climate change increasingly poses one of the biggest long-term threats to those investments in the wealth of the global economy, end quote. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear this sort of thing from, you know... Uh People in official positions of power, you know, it's not like she has the direct power to really stop them from doing it, but she's, it's her job to oversee the entire world's response to the climate. And her response is to say, let's divest from fossil fuels. That's pretty big news in my book. Now, from the Guardian, the, they, um, the United Nations climate chief has urged global financial institutions to triple their investments to one trillion dollars a year. Now, that being said, that means that in 2013, investors worldwide put $254 billion into clean energy technology. Yeah. So, um. So they're making some progress. I mean, that's better than putting nothing into clean energy. <laughs> they're still not reaching that trillion goal that has been suggested for changing the infrastructure. But, uh, it's, it's a start. I don't think we want to survive. <laughs> Uh, you know, as a species. Yeah. Maybe not. Individuals seem to want to survive, but we don't seem to have our act together for long-term sustainability. It's like we're too busy making a bunch of money short-term to think about long-term. Yeah. Well, that's why this is interesting from a financial perspective. They're pointing out that, you know, a lot of why the problem is happening is because people are going from quarter to quarter and saying, oh, this quarter I can make a lot of money with fossil fuels. But then the investors are starting to say, Wait a minute, you know, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, this isn't sustainable. Sometimes, sometimes three or four years down the road. I yeah. <laughs> Renewable energy is pretty quick payback in some cases. Yeah. But most of the time you're looking at a seven, eight year payback, and then after that it's money in the bond. So I guess if you're thinking very short term, just put your money in fossil fuels, because right now they they are raking in the money. Yeah. They're doing a lot of illegal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, they bu- break the law now. With the idea that, you know, maybe they'll um, have to pay for it later. Yeah. It's like putting your money in the mafia. You know, the mafia, you just got to hope the mafia doesn't get caught. <laughs> the mafia doesn't get caught and you're invested in them. Well, the, it's not <laughs> only the mafia doesn't get caught. If the fossil fuel company doesn't kill you. I mean, yeah. I, the mafia, I meant. <laughs> like yeah. Well, they both might kill you. It's, I actually think fossil fuels are killing a lot more people than the mafia. But. So... Um, so since this is since this is going on, we've got the the climate chief saying how important it is to divest from fossil fuels and invest in renewables. I'm sure this must be all over the news, right? Well, major newspaper coverage of climate change plummeted last year. We were feeling optimistic a couple of weeks ago when we mentioned that the mainstream media coverage of climate and energy issues was up last year. But it turns out that if you remove the and energy part of that sentence, the numbers are actually pretty depressing. 
So energy is up. Yeah. Climate change coverage is down. Yeah, climate change coverage is down. They like talking about energy and where it comes from, but climate change, not so much. Apparently, they haven't connected the dots. University of Colorado Center for Science and Technology Research monitors mentions of global warming and climate change in five major newspapers, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Los Angeles Times, and USA Today. So they've got a graph here that's pretty sad. Like it peaked around, uh, it peaked earlier when there was a big, uh, which year was that? A big IPCC release that happened previously. There was interest in the media for a little while and it spiked. And now it's down. It hasn't spiked this time for the IPC. Yeah, New York Times coverage, stories in which the word global warmer climate change appear has plummeted more than 40%. That's a big drop when you think uh, about it. I mean, do you, do you think because now it's no longer alarmist and people are just like, yeah, it's true? Yeah, I think that might be part of it. They, <laughs> they've skipped the whole stage of acting upon it and they've just reached acceptance. Like, oh, it's happening. Yeah, I'm like, not grieving anymore. It's just going to happen. There's nothing we can do about it. Let's yeah. Just, let's just move on. Let's just take a nap. It's no longer news because, you know. Yeah. It just, it's part of our lives. All this crazy chaotic stuff. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Normal. Well, I wonder if that is actually a part of it. Like the, you know, since the, the majority of the American public now knows that it's real, maybe they do think it's kind of not as newsworthy anymore, even though it's affecting everyone's lives in such huge ways. But yeah, this is the, the levels of climate coverage were already near a historical low. And this was a year when there was a huge amount of climate news. We had extreme weather around the planets. And one of the biggest ones was in May. We mentioned the CO2 levels past the 400 parts per million threshold for the first time in millions of years. That, oh, I in recorded history. Yeah. I mean, we've never recorded before. According to our analysis of the records, it's been millions of years since CO2 was this high in the atmosphere. So as far as we know, it's never been. Yeah. <laughs> to anything on a human time scale, it's like, you know, there are dinosaurs that never saw this, this level, you know. Now, in June, President Obama did announce his pl- climate action plan and in September, the international, the intergovernmental panel on climate change, the IPCC, released its latest alarming review of the scientific literature. Yeah. Um, so all that's going on and it's still not making top news. Now the new climate action task force in the U.S. Senate is going to try to reverse this trend. Mm-hmm. It announced that it will push to get more climate coverage in the mainstream media particularly on Sunday morning political talk shows. Yeah. I guess Sunday people watch those shows. I, huh? I don't watch those shows. So. Well, I guess it's they've given up. They, they're basically saying it's Sunday morning. The people who go to church don't care about this issue. So uh-huh. let's have it. I don't know. Yeah. Why would they push? Okay, here is the reason. So, quote, Sunday news shows are obviously important because they talk to millions of people, said Senator Bernie Sanders, a task force member. But they go beyond that by helping to define what the establishment considers to be important and what is often discussed during the rest of the week. Yeah. Because Sunday is the first day of the week. And so, um, so anyway, that's the quote. I wish him good luck. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. That's our theme song. Yes. All right. (laughs) Getting that queued up for later in the show. Fracking chemicals may make oil extra explosive. Have you noticed the recent spat of oil hauling trains bursting into flames? 
There was that devastating explosion last July in Quebec. It sent a 100-foot-tall fireball into the air, flattened dozens of buildings, and only killed 47 people. Yeah. In November, a train derailed in Alabama. This time, the flames reached 300-foot-tall. And on December 30th, in eastern North Dakota, a train explosion set toxic smoke over homes, forcing most nearby residents to flee. It says most. There are some people who decided to <laughs> stick around, I guess. Yeah. Um, if you've seen the uh, pictures and video, you were like, I don't think I want to stick around. Yeah, they wanted to see the show, but that's kind of dangerous. <laughs> it's like, something else you may have noticed if you've been reading closely. The oil in these exploding trains originated in the Bacon Formation of North Dakota. This is not a coincidence. Okay, this right here is the light crude from North Dakota may be more flammable than the heavy crude. Okay, there, but there is more to this story. It appears that the method of extract, extracting oil is making it more flammable. The method is da, 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 da. fracking. Fracking relies on injecting a cocktail of chemicals into the ground to crack it open. Chemicals Companies refuse to disclose exactly what chemicals they use on the grounds that this information constitutes a trade secret. <clears throat> so here's chemicals being pumped in the ground, and now it possibly make the oil more. Now, the Wall Street Journal examined the problem and raised the possibility of flammable chemicals contaminating the oil during fracking. The paper cites three possible explanations for these oil rail explosions. Irresponsible practices in the transportation process. The presence of other flammable pro, uh, petroleum products such as propane in the crude oil. And, of course, the addition of flammable fracking fluids. Yeah. Man, I said that right. <laughs> flammable fracking fluids. <laughs> there you go. So North Dakota senators are calling for stricter rail safety standards. This is necessary, but insufficient for protecting the public and the environment. So... Um, yeah, we get we get a lot of trains through our, our town. We do, yeah. So, yeah, and the oil also travels through pipelines, which are also at risk. Now, some people are trying to say use the rail accidents as an excuse to advocate for pipelines, but now if it's the pipelines <laughs> go under people's houses, people yeah. don't even realize some of them where they are. Yeah, so that's a better idea. Just have under their houses blow up. I mean, if it's the oil that's the issue, putting it in a pipeline isn't going to help either. Do you remember, um, I remember reading a while ago that we have a pipeline that goes under Crab Orchard uh, Lake. Mm -hmm. Do you remember if that's the case or not? Um, I don't know. I've heard that too. I haven't looked into it. It seems like years ago we had, they were talking about um, Maybe running a new pipeline through Crab Orchard National Wildlife Refuge. But mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. I remember that they were talking about pipelines in the Crab Orchard. So, um, obviously I'm uninformed about that. Maybe <laughs> yes. someone can. If you know that, you can email us at info at yourcommunityspirit.org. We are a talk show. We just, <laughs> we could, we just make stuff up, right? Yeah. We jibber jabber. We base it all <laughs> on facts, but then we ramble when we don't know the facts. <laughs> um, why are we even talking about climate deniers? Yeah. I mean, none of the major news, well, none of the major newspapers <laughs> talk, will print, uh, climate deniers' letters to the editor anymore. Yeah. And this, this pie chart is the reason why. I mean, I can't beam this pie chart through the radio, but you can get it from the numbers. It's, 
Uh, out of all, there were 2,200 during November 2012 through December 2013. There were 2,259 peer-reviewed climate articles. And there were 9,136 authors included in that. Guess how many of those 9,000 authors rejected global warming? Just one. <laughs> There's just one person left who's a holdout who's still insisting that global warming isn't real. All the other authors of climate-related research last year. Just so this is all the published <clears throat> climate articles. Yeah. Now, the thing is, is scientific papers will be published if there's facts behind it. Yeah. Like so, it, I mean, if there was a, if there was an article that rejected, you know, that human caused climate, global warming and there was facts behind it, they would publish it. Yeah. And that's why it's lasted this long is that, you know, as if there's facts and there's some questions about what's going on exactly, they'll publish it and then scientists can decide by looking at the research what further research to do. Now, more interesting, so this is only a one-year sample. Yeah. This study actually studied 21 years of peer-reviewed literature and found that only 24 out of 13,950 articles, or that's <laughs> two-tenths of a percent, came in and actually rejected human-caused climate change. <laughs> yeah. On my phone, I can barely even see the little sliver for that one denier. There's in actually, there. I have it on my <laughs> screen here, and it's huge, but... Oh, there is a little black, like, <laughs> little line at the very top. Yeah, it's very it's faint. percolating out the top. Yeah. So, um, they didn't say who it was, so they're, yeah. they're being scientific about it. They're not well, it crashing does, it. It does say a little further down who it was. Uh, oh, yeah, I hear it, but it's initials. Yeah, S.V. Avakian. He's a in the Herald of Russian Academy of Sciences. <laughs> Uh, he wrote, the contribution of the greenhouse gas effect of carbon-containing gases, he says it's insignificant. But then uh, other scientists have already refuted his perspective, and the researcher admits a bias on the very first page of his article. Here's a quote from that. Quote, the switch of world powers first to decreasing the use of fossil fuel may lead to the economic collapse for Russia. So he's a Russian scientist who's concerned that the economy in Russia is going to collapse if we stop using fossil fuels. <laughs> that... That may have influenced his research. I'm not going to... I haven't read his data. I don't know. It may be legit data. <laughs> Who knows? But that may be influencing research. Just saying. Well, that is true. Yeah. It's true. A lot of... It'll have a huge economic impact. But, you know, but it's good and bad I mean, impact. that's the whole thing is we're supposed to be phasing it out. Yeah. So it doesn't have this huge economic impact. Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, switching to other sources and using efficiency right now is important because... If we decide five years from now to go cold turkey, I mean, it's like when you have drug addicts go cold turkey. It's Your system has such shock that you can die. That can happen Why with the economies, too. <laughs> Our system. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not a drug addict. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. I'm only slightly addicted to driving. Addicted to oil. I guess I am a drug addict. Might as well face it. You're addicted to oil. If the oil... if. Oil is a drug. I mean, if you think about it, yeah. how much our society has changed in the hundred years that we've been um, suckling on the tit of contentment of oil. Yeah, <laughs> I just—it's like a—it's like a potion. You know, it does all these amazing, powerful things, but it has dangerous consequences. It's like, are you a good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> so, I figure you might want to read a haiku. Yeah, let's get into some haiku. This scientist summed up the 2,200-page 
IPCC report in haiku. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he wrote a haiku based First of on... First he read the whole thing. <laughs> he read the whole thing. <laughs> well, I haven't read the whole thing. I, I, like, <laughs> I technically haven't even read the summary. I've skimmed the summary, you know, just for picking out points. Um, but <laughs> I mean, just the summary itself is 27 pages. Yeah, it's 27 pages. I sort of paged through it, saw what the interesting parts were. <laughs> now, even better than he just wrote a haiku, he combined them with watercolors to make, dare we say, far more readable eye-catching version of the original IPCC report. Yeah. And each of these is based on one of their major points. I'll read a couple of them. Glaciers and ice sheets melt worldwide, speed increasing. Sea ice, snow retreat. Warming land, sour sea, melting frozen earth may spew carbon back to air. And here's another one. Forty years from now, children will live in a world shaped by our choices. Now, his work has actually gone viral, and readers have chimed in with their own haiku, and a few teachers are incorporating the work into their curricula. Fans even want the haiku translated into French, German, <laughs> Hindi, Italian, and Luxembourgians. Yeah. <laughs> Lu- yeah, Luxembourg speak. Now, if we could just get him to tackle War and Peace, we'd be very grateful. <laughs> yeah. He could start writing the Cliff Notes version of all of the... Great classics. Turn it into haiku. So he's an oceanographer. His name is Gregory Johnson. If you'd like to um, look him up, or you can email us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and I can forward you the whole article. (laughs) And there's actually a picture with the one haiku, 40 years from now, children will live in a world shaped by our choices. And it's a picture of a swing with no kids on it. Mm-hmm. So, the future. Yeah, it's very intense. You know, it's very powerful little haikus there. All right, we don't need to get too deep into this one, but I wanted to pass on this update since we mentioned this at some point earlier. Radio Disney will stop shilling for frackers. Radio Disney Station in Ohio recently teamed up with the state's oil and gas industry on an educational program <laughs> to promote resource extraction. From Neverland to Gasland, you might say. Partnership made parents and environmentalists unhappy. They went on 26-stop <coughs> tour of elementary schools and science centers, and they had these interactive demonstrations, like, here's one of the descriptions. They had games pitting all ages of children versus their peers, and families versus families, trying to beat people at challenges. And challenges were all based on something related to uh, these uh, oil and pipelines and such. Like, one was they would have these... They would build their own pipeline, and then they would use colorful balls that they would put through the pipeline, and the announcer would be saying, you know, cheer these guys on like crazy, get the oil through the pipeline. (laughs) (laughs) It's just over the top ridiculous in my mind. Now, uh, Disney spokesman uh, provided the following statement, quote, the sole intent of the collaboration between Radio Disney and the nonprofit Rockin' in Ohio Educational initiative was to foster kids' interest in science and technology. Having been inadvertently drawn into a debate that has no connection with this goal, Radio Disney has decided to withdraw from the few remaining installations of the program. (laughs) Yeah, they don't like controversy, so they backed off when the media caught it. Now, Radio Disney has backed out, but the director of the Ohio Oil and Gas Energy Education Program said the controversy was, quote, blown out of proportion. And the program will continue. Yes. More wonderful education for children brought to you by 
Oogip. <laughs> it's a strange acronym. <laughs> yeah. That's the sort of quality education our children need these days. The joys of fossil fuels. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't sound like education. That sounds like more like kind of a, what is it called? Propaganda? Yeah. It's just like, ooh, do, do they show that, um, you know, oil spills are fun too? <laughs> yeah. When the, when the colorful balls spill out of there, you just pick them up and there's no mess, so. How do we get oil and gas to your homes? Woohoo! <laughs> it's all happy. <laughs> <laughs> just like. Huh. Alright, we're almost out of time, so let's get, oh, yeah. let's get to this. Uh, North America's bike friendliest apartment building has parking for 1,200 bikes. I mean, come on, there's only 657 apartments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but I guess, you know, multiple people live in apartments, you have friends over. Yeah. Basically they're saying, you know, two bikes per apartment. Okay. Yeah. That's not, you know, there's actually a parking space for every unit plus 547 more. Yeah. It's almost double. So, I wonder if they are actually being used. Yeah, well, I saw the article as a photo. It's not here in the the notes, but it showed a photo of all these bikes parked together in one spot. It was like at least hundreds that I could see. I mean, they actually have um, the extra parking spots are in the building's basement. Yeah. So, you know, you could store your extra bike, you know... Yeah. And they Out do of the st- weather. They do still have car parking, you know. I suppose they, they might still have mandates to have car parking. <laughs> but uh and part of the factor that created this was that Port this is in Portland and Portland has a building code that requires one point five bike spots per unit. Oh really? So they're gonna have to put in a lot anyway. Nine hundred and ninety. Yeah, they yeah. put in nine hundred and ninety extra. No, uh, no sounds- nine nine ninety was what they had to put in. They put in two ten extra. Yeah. That's that's amazing that, you know, by law they have to put in 1.5 bike spaces per unit. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Well, not really. I mean, and it doesn't take up that much space. Think about it. Yeah. If you're required to put that in, I mean, you're required to put so many car spaces per unit in yeah. a lot of places. And bike spaces take up so much less. These bikes were like right next to each other. Right. I mean, in a car space, you could fit probably 15 or 20 bikes. <laughs> so it's not that large of an area compared to a parking spaces. Yeah. Huh. So, today is Friday, the 17th of January, and it is Judgment Day. <laughs> it's also Kid Inventors Day. Yes. <laughs> so, so help your kids invent some new stuff out there. It's the birthday of Benjamin Franklin. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's probably, why. yeah, Kid Inventors Day. He wasn't a kid when he invented some of that stuff. My but. favorite is tomorrow. Rid the world of fad diets and gimmicks day. Mm, yeah. It's like, it's also poo day, but <laughs> poo with an H. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, like, like Winnie the Pooh. Uh, birthday of Edgar Allan Poe coming up on Sunday. Let's see. And coming up on Monday is the observation of the Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Sunday is Tubishvat. I think that's the Jewish holiday having to do with the trees, I think. Oh yeah. They celebrate trees. It's like the environmental Jewish holiday. Mm-hmm. I think every re- major religion has an environmental holiday. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. What do we have? Arbor Day? Wait, that's not a religious. <laughs> that's a secular one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, Monday is Women in Blue Jeans Day. Mm-hmm. Now I just read in Korea, blue jeans are banned. You're not allowed to have blue jeans in Korea. Huh. Wow. At all. Cause they consider that American Style. Yeah. So. So let's see. Tuesday is International Fetish Day and National Hugging Day. 
So if hugging people <laughs> is your fetish, you're in luck. Yeah, but otherwise, you can. <laughs> no, otherwise it's two sort of different <laughs> different interactions. Yeah, so. Wednesday is answer your cat's question day. Uh, your cat has a lot of questions. You can answer them on Wednesday. Uh, and also coming up, the National Handwriting Day and National Pie Day, because yeah, that's coming up on uh, Thursday, uh, Thursday. Is also Snowplow Mailbox Hockey Day. <laughs> it's like can, use that visualization. Yeah. Two snowplows knocking a mailbox back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sounds like a good time. All right. Get into happenings. Yes. Open mic night is back. It's uh, over at Guy House Interfaith Center, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. tonight. It went on break during the winter holiday, and now it is back tonight. Carbondale Community Farmers Market. This is now the winter market. Every Saturday from nine. Um, I actually think it only goes till noon. Mm-hmm. Carbondale oh, okay. Community High School. That's the north entrance. And, um, if you look at their Facebook group, they announced that this, um, Saturday they've had more vendors sign up than any other Saturday to, to date. It's exciting. So, lots of stuff to get there then. <laughs> lots of good greens because they, a lot of people have greenhouses. So. Yes. And Rise Up for Change, the Martin Luther King Jr. Community Celebration is coming up on Sunday <coughs> from 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. From Fear to Fearlessness starts on Tuesday at John A. Logan, A Journey in Uncertain Times. This course focuses on embracing your understanding of your relationship to fear and change. Yes, and Questions of Faith and Reality coming up on Wednesday at Guy Center Faith Center at 5. Well, these other couple happenings are next week. Yes, we'll tell you those next week. Yeah, so the Carbondale Animal Rights Action Team is getting together, and Taste of Chocolate is coming up. So Yes, February 7th. This has been another exciting, hopefully informative, maybe, half hour of your community spirit. Yes, can we play our theme song? We haven't played it in probably four or five years. Yeah. This used to be our theme song. I guess it still is because it's in our promo. <laughs> um, what is it? Change the world as we know it. Yes, send the world as we know it. <laughs> and I feel fine. It's the end. Oh. Maybe. It looks like we're having technical difficulties yet. It only, it only plays when we don't want it to play. <laughs> Just like. Let's go ahead and go to the underwriters. And we'll see if we can bring it up after the underwriters. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and airplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane. Listen to yourself. Turn world says its own needs. Dummies serve your own needs. Beat it up and not speak. We know it. 